Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. It's D, host number two D, but it's another episode of On Ramping with D. So, if you guys have been listening to this entire podcast series, right, the, the initial reasons that I wanted to do On Ramping with D is because I was always curious uh, about the person who sees a technological change but isn't directly involved with it, and like what it could get to get them involved, or what they think about the current technological advance. Like, for instance, no one, people are riding around on horses, and all of a sudden these bicycles start showing up, and you know they're curious. You know they're like, what is that? And why are so many people riding them now? And I wanted to be kind of inside the psyche of that person. But as all things, On Ramping with D is evolving and growing, and sometimes I I stumble upon people or they stumble upon me that have already been on-ramped, and they just want to get on to talk about crypto and how awesome it is and this is going to be one of those shows um so today's guest his name is wayne and i'm pretty sure he knew about crypto even before any of our shows on the network um but he does listen a lot and now i'm going to give him an opportunity to introduce himself so wayne why don't you go ahead and give the people what they want hey dimitrik Thank you, sir. Yes, I have been listening to your show ever upon it, and I have become addicted. I think you run a great show. I uh, really like uh, the banter between the three. Uh, there, you know, there are a number of shows that on that you know, people can listen to, and and just like anything in life, as, as soon as you find a, a passion, you generally start try to consume everything you can about it. And it's, it's difficult to think about anything else. And I think for a lot of people who are in your Slack channel or who listen to your, your pod, either just your show or to the other shows in the podcast network, they probably are in the same boat where they, they're not just casually interested. They get a little consumed 
And I think that's why there's such an interest in not just blockchain and Bitcoin, but also, uh, you know, the show and the the branching of what you're doing. You have your on-ramping show. Corey has his, uh, his you know, pieces where he flips into different coins. You have your uh, structure where you have your, your kind of your banter before the show and then you do the interview. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's different success models of how you're doing things. And part of that is your mission of adoption. And I think everybody is diving into this passion. And when I dove into the, the passion of Bitcoin and blockchain, it got to be where, you know, how, how do I feed that passion? How, how, do I, how do I get into this? And so I immediately started looking for podcasts. And, you know, how, how, do, I, how do I fill up airplane time and drive time? And uh, how do I read? How, how do I learn more? And how do I act on that passion? So uh, when I found your podcast, uh, you know, I'd already listened to pretty much all of Trace Mayer's. That's, a, that's the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast. I'd started from episode one on his and, you know, when it was the run to gold and I went in, in order and uh, learned a lot about history of money. And then uh, I, I wanted to really consume a lot of, of kind of, you know, what happened from the, from the get-go. Uh, and then I... From his, I, I went to some other ones. And I, I really, I, some that, that were out there because they were either, um, went straight into the weeds and did not bother to really be, um, I guess, real. And then when I got to yours and you had, I think, I don't remember what episode it was. was I don't remember exactly what episode it was, but it was, casual enough, but it was high level enough that it fed the curiosity, but it also didn't leave me behind. So the three of you were real enough and, and you were to the point where if, if you, you know, one of you would always keep the other two in check. You know what I mean? You challenge each other enough. You're, 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 you're friendly enough, but you're also not coddle. You're not going to coddle each other. You're going to, you know, you're going to call each other out. Um, you know, Corey doesn't, Corey doesn't want to bring somebody to Chili's. Your child is going to say, well, what's, and he said, I'm not going to bring somebody to Chili's. And it's like, dude, Chili's is awesome. And so you're going to, you're going to call each other out on that, That's, that's funny. It's engaging. It keeps it. It keeps it so I want to keep listening. And you have enough of a format that it, it makes it so that I'm going to look for that next podcast. But it also feeds enough knowledge so that I I, I keep informed on the news enough. I, you know, it's not it's not a news podcast like you know I get every piece of news because I, I can get that anywhere. And if it, feeding me all the different pieces of news, I think I would lose what you have. So, you know, there's other people who give me that. And but what I do get from you is, is that the camaraderie and kind of a, a pulse. So I, I think that's, that's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at with, with, with you guys. And, and since you have the podcast network, 
you have a, a wide range of, you know, themes. Well, well, thank you for that amazing feedback, man. I really appreciate it. You always give us the greatest feedback. It doesn't matter if it's here on my show or in the Slack or on Facebook. You always give us great and, and, and pointed feedback, and I appreciate it. And I'm sure, like, Cello and Corey are going to be through the roof when they hear this episode. And I'm glad that we can <laughs> well, entertain slash spark curiosity slash keep you wanting to hear the next episode. It's really good to hear um, that kind of stuff boosts us and keeps us going. So, I okay, like it. It, will, it will always be be honest. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think I think you're full of followers and listeners who, who I think there's pretty much this industry has a lot of people like that. I mean, it has to at this point in the game. I think we we can't afford to not have honesty in our community because it's just so young and so new so i got a question for you though shoot what was your what was your aha moment because every single person who's in this economy in this uh ecosystem has the moment where they're like oh i'm definitely going all in on bitcoin or crypto um and it doesn't have to be like monetary all in Sometimes it's just like time and passion and energy spent on learning this stuff and putting the message about it out there. So what what was that like for you? Okay, so I, I know exactly when I had that aha moment. Maybe a little geeky, but I think you're probably expecting that by now. I mean, uh, so so you you've uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. You're familiar with it. Uh, what's your familiar. level of familiar? Okay, you're very familiar with it. So, so uh, for those who aren't very familiar, there was this show long time ago called Star Trek. It was around for three years. Then in the 80s, uh, another show that was based on that came around, Star Trek The Next Generation. And so a lot of us really, really liked that show. Um, so those who liked Star Trek, you know, a lot of them did like the new one. And Star Trek The Next Generation brought forth an incredible resurgence of just, just there was almost nothing wrong with it. And there was this episode in the first season, very at the, at the very end. And I was uh, basically almost graduating high school. And there's an episode called the neutral zone. And, and basically what was happening is they pick up this guy that was frozen and they saw him out and, the rest of the stuff that happens in the episode doesn't matter, but they thaw him out. And once he's thawed, pretty much all he cared about was getting back to earth and finding out how his investments were doing. And cause he had, you know, cause he was in, he was in cryostasis. He had paid a bunch of money to, to freeze his body uh, cause he was sick. And for sure, you know, he was sure that, you know, uh, in the future, someone would be able to heal his body. And sure enough, you know, accidentally the enterprise had picked him up body. And so he wanted to check on his investments because he had, he had set aside a tremendous amount of wealth. And now that he found out he was in the 24th century, he must be rich and he's got to check on his bank account and his investments. And he, he wanted the captain to stop everything. He's got to make a phone call. 
and he needs to talk to his lawyer. And Jean-Luc Picard is the captain, and they're in the middle of – and this guy who's worried about his investments thinks he's on a cruise liner ship. He doesn't – you know, he's on this huge starship that's potentially in the middle of a war. Um, so he's clueless, but he thinks he knows everything. And Jean-Luc Picard looks at him and says, we have come basically a long, long way. And we don't, we don't accumulate wealth anymore. We don't have bank accounts. We don't have hunger. We don't, we don't have those needs. We, we, don't, we don't do those things anymore. We don't have wants in those ways. So your bank account is gone. Your, your investments are gone. So you're going to have to you know, find something else to live for. And so by the end of the episode, he's saying, well, if I don't have these things that I've been saving, uh, what do I have to live for? And he says, well, what you have to live for is, you know, improving yourself. Now at the time when I was young, uh, I thought, you know, that is really, really cool. But for a long time, I wondered how could they do that? I mean, you know, as, as, you know, p politically, I, I, I may lean one way or the other. I know that humans can't be trusted in, in groups. You know, uh, they, there's too much greed. They, there's just people. When if you if you're not watching them, somebody's going to steal something, and that's just the unfortunate reality. Uh, and it just happens all the time. And while there's, there's so many people you can trust, there's still things happen that it, it just, it just, we're not a society that deserves a lot of the trust that is given, uh, that happens. So, so I was conflicted internally over how do we get to a Star Trek that is in the 24th century where the hunger's gone and everybody's provided for and we have this utopian society. I just didn't see how it happened because every time we seem to be in a society where you give and give and give, humans generally atrophy. Um, they they want to take and take and take and don't give back. Uh, it, it just seems to be that we don't have a system very good to to support that. So since humans are still greedy, how did Star Trek solve that problem? When I heard about Bitcoin the first time, and I, I can go into that story in a little bit when I actually adopted it and, and started working with it, but when I actually understood blockchain, really not just the financial side, but when I actually understood blockchain, I knew how Star Trek solved that problem because with blockchain and distributed ledger, and transparency and when you have a this entire uh, history of whether it be actions or records or whether it be a meritocracy or whether it be where it is I can see how a Star Trek economy or a Star Trek education system 
could result in giving and taking such that you don't have to worry about uh, an economic system where if you give to society and you take from society, that could be part of a societal blockchain. If you provide, if you volunteer, if you, you know, take energy, if you, if, if you, if you are part of a society, then that could be part of your record. And if everybody is part of it and there is no um, hidden government, hidden overseers, hidden corporate greed where someone else is pulling the strings, but rather everybody is part of a transparent blockchain where if, you know, someone's not pulling their weight or if someone is taking out of hoarding and greeting and there's, you know, investment for your own sake versus investment into the society, then I understood that's how we can actually grow as a society. And then I understood it wasn't a politic or a political thing. And it wasn't a, um, you know, Republican versus socialist versus whatever. It wasn't a power struggle. It was a transparency struggle. And then to me, it became a philosophical thing where if blockchain went away from currency and when you look at all the different types of tokens or ICOs uh, where you can have, you can, and the real estate with Rex and, and, and in different ways you could, you could solve different problems with blockchain. And I don't mean, you know, everybody taking the blockchain buzzword and trying to get an ICO for this, that, and the other, and just pulling blockchain out of the air and trying to apply it to any, any different problem. I mean, the different ways blockchain can solve problems like, um, you know, history books continue to get overwritten anytime a ruler takes over a country, right? So dogma comes about because the new people in power overwrite the history books and rewrite them their own way. So if you can imagine what might happen if history books stopped getting overwritten, but instead education and history books were a blockchain where a child was taught with a history book that actually had the red lines and the audit trail of, oh, well, here's the history book we started with, but then we edited it, and this is the edit we had to make because we learned. And then later, we realized, yeah, that wasn't the real truth, or that wasn't what we learned, so we edited it again. We learned from our mistakes, and we had to edit it, and here's the edits we made. And then 30 years later, we, we, we realized that really wasn't what was supposed to happen. We learned... Uh, you know, there was a fraud and, and we learned here and then, and then we kept editing. the child that is brought up with a history book that continues to be edited. That child is going to be such a smart, you know, adolescent and a smart human or smart man and woman instead of a, you know, a brainwashed uh, type of person that is brought up with a rewritten history book with the current person in power, right? Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing where I think would have an enlightened type of society because then we're, we're all blockchain educated. We're all in a meritocracy where everyone's contributions are provided. We're all pulling our own weight. 
we're all contributing to society. And, and that kind of thing, I think that was the aha moment because it wasn't about, Hey, I can buy a Bitcoin for $200 and sell it for a thousand. Well, you know, I still want to do that. I still want to, I still want to ride the wave. I still want to do some great things. Uh, you know, there's like, I think you guys are talking about that, you know, you can't be in this space and not try to also benefit from the side information you, you gain from it. But the end goal for me is blockchain benefits society in ways that this is humanity's ticket out of the cesspool of greed and corruption that we have just dug ourselves into for thousands of years. That, that's what, that's the aha moment I got. And it came from how do we get to Star Trek? You know, and I think blockchain is how, how we get to that kind of society without, you know, a, a political way to do it and, you know, uh, red versus blue and black versus white and, and, you know, this polarity that seems to be taking over the country. That, that's, that's what I, that's what I see. And that's, that's how, that's, that, that was the aha moment that I got. It's funny because, uh, that's, that's kind of how my aha transitioned to, like I was, when I first got into crypto, crypto is because I missed out on massive amounts of profits. Massive. Like at the time I was just kicking myself in the ass. And so then I dove into crypto, but then as I started to learn more about blockchain and what it does for humanity, that's when I switched on my, that's when I was fully bought in. That's when Cello would say, I got weird. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and because I started listening and watching to shows that Jimmy D'Angelo would make, James D'Angelo, I don't know if you're familiar with his videos, but he actually made an amazing video talking about exactly what you're talking about, how if adoption were to take place of the technology, then you'd have BC, you'd have AD, and then you'd need this new timestamp that we call everything, which is AB, which is after blockchain. Oh, and, no, I, uh, I, had, I don't know that name, so I should probably... It was called the what, World the Bitcoin name? Network, and his name is James D'Angelo. Oh. He made these amazing videos when Bitcoin was just getting started that explained all this stuff and allowed to keep me, allowed me to keep my head on my body when the price was doing what it was doing. Uh, he had this great video on the exponential curve and why we can't understand it, but why we should be okay with the growth of Bitcoin. Um, this well, I, I, may, I may have seen some of that. So Jimmy D'Angelo sounds actually sounds very familiar and i know i've seen the world crypto network you know yeah he like sits in, sits in front of a blue screen or a green screen and you could see him actually like it's kind of like a Khan academy video where he goes through and he makes notes on the screen and puts formulas on the screen and explains why i mean just really really great videos uh then he got disenfranchised because the community could do that to people sometimes um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure I, I, I do have some some thoughts on that too. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. probably would get into that. And, so he, he and I probably would get along uh, very yeah. well because I think um, um, uh, there's some disenfranchisement for sure. Um, it's the community has gotten weird since these past two years have been have been stressful. Um, but he actually did propose something like that called like after blockchain time, where you could. You know, so, something wouldn't be verifiable unless it was on a blockchain or on the blockchain. 
and it kind of does introduce this newfound importance of a meritocracy instead of this, I don't know, what do you call it, oligarchy? I don't even know what we do sometimes, but... Yeah, well, it comes down to labels, right? It's a it's a plutocracy, you know, versus, um, you know, just those, those in power, uh, you know, because right now it's, you know, we think we have power. You know, I, I you see the videos, and uh, or I say I say you see the videos. You, you can watch people, um, for example, Tone Vase or or some of these people at these meetups talking about, you know, China says they can you know ban Bitcoin, and the U.S. thinks that they can ban Bitcoin, but you know I know I can just go you know I'll go dark and I'll sell my Bitcoin and uh, I'll, I'll be on my iPhone and they, they just have no idea how how incredibly um, vulnerable they are to, you know, in the U S to, 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 to our, our own government. I mean, the entire cell phone industry, you know, their highways, their just, you can't, they, they, they would not be able to do their Bitcoin transactions without the blessing of the government right now. There's, they, they cannot go underground with this. So uh, they think they think they have power. These these people saying that well I would just go underground. Uh, they have no power. The the you know the government has the military. It has they own the telecommunications industry. They own the financial systems. And yeah. So so I get, it's, it's, I get weirded out with how entrenched the government in the U.S. is sometimes. Like when you think about it, I get I get kind of weirded out. And the, another thing that our country does that I got to put on my like tinfoil cap before I say this is that almost like every technological advancement that we take advantage of in our personal lives is either because of like the military or because the government wanted us to have it. And they were like, okay, they can have that now. Yeah. Or or, yeah. Or allowed us to have it. I mean, GPS, it was illegal to have GPS that, that pinpointed you closer than within a hundred meters uh, you know, until until the government allowed you to have it to 10 meters, and then allowed you to have it within a meter. So, it, you know, only the military allowed you know could do the decryption for that until a certain you know year. And if you possessed that technology, you could go to jail. So, it, it was it, the military is always a certain form ahead. You know, even the cryptography, which is what blockchain is based on that the possession of those cryptocurrencies is illegal until a certain amount of, until a certain year as well. So, you know, we are, we, the public are so advanced and, you know, we're, Oh, we just go underground um, is, is a little bit naive, naive. Yeah. So, uh, and, and to think that some of these, uh, the, the powers that be uh, aren't aware of the threat uh, is also naive. I, I just, I really hope that there's other powers that be that aren't very public that really want what's best for humanity and are fighting just as hard to help, help bring about what's best for humanity as well. I, that's, I think that's really the only way that we can have a chance 
because if it if it really is <clears throat> us, you know, us the public, even though there's so many of us um, against those in power, uh, it, we don't have the tanks and the chemical weapons and the the structure and the computing power and the money and and the infrastructure. We we don't have that. We have distractions and uh, uh, fast food that's subsidized and uh, TV shows and, and desperate housewives and a and a whole mass of people that uh, it's bread and circuses out there that are completely distracted, fed, and don't care. So they're just going to be they're fine with their nine to five jobs or not. And the boob tube, like in Fahrenheit 451, <laughs> and as long as they're given, you know, their entertainment and subsidized pasteurized food, they're, they're fine to be told what to think. Blockchain, whatever. Oh no, that's for criminals. So if Jamie Dimon tells them that's a fraud and that's for criminals, well, then maybe, oh, he's a lot of money. Maybe that's what that is. Oh, and if I do that, maybe the government will come after me. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Bitcoin's for me. That's, I heard that was for, uh, for rapists to, to hire hitmen for their wife. That, that, that's the, didn't you see that story? I mean, so. Yeah, I saw that story. No, I'm seeing that's what people say. That's the whisper campaigns. That's the that's the. Oh, I actually saw the. Articles. Yeah. No, <laughs> I know. I see. And so that's that's how the. Uh, that's the kind of stuff we have to fight. And so I'm I'm part of, and you're part of, and we were the groups that are part of the dreamers, that are dealing with. This is amazing stuff. These are. Um, these these technologies, these advancements, and when you when you see beyond the money, beyond the trustless adoption of I have something, you have something, I don't trust you, you don't trust me, but now we don't need a third party for me to send a bike to you and you to pay me, and I don't need to have this a potentially corruptible third party between us to handle the transaction, but we can trust math because I trust math, you trust math, and we can have a, a million people that are incentivized between us to make sure that they are uh, verifying that you know in a in a million different little slices of that transaction that that the work between me and you are are transparent and open and verified. That is an amazingly complex yet yet verifiable system so that I can do business with you. And then that handles a financial transaction system. Well, that opens up to real estate and financial records and the meritocracy system of, you know, what you put into society, what you take out of society, you know, tracking food between the crop growers and my table and tracking whether or not you brushed your teeth and your education system and the incentives and the achievements and, you know, you know, everything of the things that, that matter, that, you know, the difference between 
information and meaning, the, the, the movements between you know, data and information, and that's, you know, that, those ones and zeros, being able to move those ones and zeros in, a, in an orderly way and actually make it so that they serve us. And I think they serve us as humans. And I think that's, I think that's what really, really counts for, um, for, for advancing us, I think, and, you know, combating that greed. Yeah. I actually had an idea. I get to, when I'm on planes, I get to think a lot. And, um, I was thinking like, you know, Khan Academy, are you familiar with Khan Academy? I've heard the name. Is, Is it a, what is it? It's just like free education software on the internet. So like it's it started as math education, um, and this guy from India, um, he just wanted a way to teach math for free, and it's grown into this huge, huge thing, this huge portal for education. But it's the one place online where you can go get an education from kindergarten to postgraduate almost in mathematics. For free, wow, hundred percent for free. YouTube videos for everything. I mean, from the smallest math in the world to like counting, to the most difficult stuff in the world, differential equations, difficult two, like real tough stuff for free. Videos, lectures, and then at the end of the videos and the lectures, there's questions, and you have to get like seven questions in a row correct before you can move on to the next lecture. So like, and it's very intense. If you start the question, you, it's like there's step step questions. So you do one step of the question, and if you get it wrong, then it'll kind of give you a hint. But you that doesn't count as one of the questions that you got right. It's only seven questions that you can get through in a row with no help at all that you can go to the next level. So it's, ah. a, it's a really good program. I actually used it in my classroom when I was teaching many moons ago. Um, but I had an idea. So I was like, that's free education. But what if using the blockchain, you could actually have better than free education? What if you can incentivize a classroom of kids to engage and create a good learning environment by incentivizing them to learn, giving them tokens that actually have some sort of real world value. And then by the time they reach the age to go to college, they've got this nice little education fund they've built up themselves through creating a positive learning environment. Like basically taking that Khan Academy model and putting it in the classroom. But instead of like, when you get questions right, the whole classroom can see that, okay, obviously this person has a grasp on the topic because they're getting hella tokens and I'm not. Then you can actually get more tokens for helping out the other kids in the classroom that don't quite understand things that you understand. I don't know. I thought of that the other day. I thought it'd be a good system. That is a fantastic system. Um, do you know who? So I, I'm uh, I'm a part-time conspiracy theorist. <laughs> um, so first, my first thought is that is amazing. So I and I thought so. Anybody who doesn't bootstrap themselves. If they don't know about this, it's my job to spread the knowledge. Hey, if you don't, you know, try to find a way to get to the library 
If you don't have a library card, let me teach you how to get a library card. If you don't have a bus card, let me donate the money to you to get a bus card. And then let me help you find a way to get to the library and get access to this, you know, and then get us, get you educated so that you can get on the Khan Academy and let's here, 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 here. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and then of course, my part-time job being conspiracy theorist is okay. Who's, who's writing this content and how are they getting paid? Oh, Khan Academy. Do you know? It's a yeah. .org. Uh, they take donations. I think LeBron James gave him a million dollars a couple years ago. Um, it's all .org, all donations. I have a recurring donation every month. I give them like 10 bucks or something. So, um, who writes the content? Because, yeah, because I, I can see there being a, a great advantage in being able to write the content. Yeah, because then you're the decider of what what's being fed to the kids. Um, it's a giant team of... I, more PhDs than a little bit. I know that much. Um, and it's it's mainly mathematics and science right now. There hasn't been a lot of it branching into like history, uh, social sciences, things like that, that that kids also need to know. But mainly it's for math and science, and you can't really get that stuff wrong. Like there's only one way to teach that stuff. So, or one way to show that it's correct. Well, that's not even right, what I just said. But it's math. You know, you can't, like, be dogmatic about math. So. Sure. And, and I can also see with blo if, if blockchain was behind it, I can see how you can, for example, you're young, you take classes, and then as soon as you're able to, you teach what you know, like, like BitTorrent. For those who know what BitTorrent is, and I think on your last on-ramping, you explained BitTorrent, where you, you know, you, first you take, and then if you're good, you start seeding. As soon as you take a chunk, you're supposed to seed that chunk to other people. Now, if you're a leech, you know, then you're just taking now, good BitTorrent networks rate that. And if you're just leeching, then they're going to seed less to you. Well, blockchain, a good blockchain network would be, well, if you're just a student that all you do is learn, you're a drain on the system. And I can see a blockchain-based society like Star Trek. If all you're doing is taking, you're in the holodeck all the time, and you're just going on vacation all the time, I can see a Star Trek-based society saying, you know, manager or your counselor having a little meeting with you saying, you know what, you're spending a lot of time in the holodeck and you don't have enough credits now for the You need to be <laughs> producing. You need, you need to do your job. You need to do more haircuts or whatever your job is. But that's the kind of the thing is, I think in that kind of society, you no longer need a job. There's going to be enough work for that. Whatever passion you have, you get to follow your passion. And that's what is so great about what I brings is your example of the Khan Academy. If, if we have enough tracking and I hate to use the word tracking because to me, that's, 
it brings along Big Brother and because Big Brother means there's a centralized someone else doing the pulling of the strings, someone else at the other end of that camera, someone else doing the stuff, right? But in a in a blockchain enabled tracking, a meritocracy, we still need privacy, we still need civic or some sort of identity based, you know, you know, privacy type thing that we can trust, which I think blockchain also enables. But if we have a way to be able to track these things in a way that we mutually trust, that means we can trust that we're not going to be a drain. We can bring our kids up so that you're taking a class. So you're four years old, you're five years old, you go to kindergarten. And as soon as you're in first grade, part of your job is to teach the kindergartners what you learned. You get into second grade, part of your job is to teach the first grader what you learned. Every time you advance, part of your job is to teach the previous class a little bit of what you learned. So you're growing up, always contributing. So, and then you're always earning credits. You're earning tokens, people tokens, yeah. whatever we're going to call it, society tokens. So yes, you're going to take out the garbage. You're going to contribute energy into the grid. You're going to, you're, you always have this balance that you're doing so that if you're consuming and consuming and consuming and consuming, that's, con that's making credits and making credits, uh, you know, debits on your system. And, and I want to get away from the, someone could be so rich either due, due to inheritance or, that they just hit it big, that they can just be a consumer for the rest of their life. And that's, that's always been, you know, anti politics yeah. uh, from the political side, because while, while I have leanings that, that might, that some people from a label perspective might identify with that. I don't identify with someone who would just consume for the rest of their life. I always into uh, black mirror territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which which you know, a fantastic episode, right? I mean, not episode, a fantastic series. It's yeah, I think that's where I get really excited about this stuff is that um one the Pandora's box is open, but we have no idea how much is getting out of that box. And as soon as we start to find some really viable use cases for the technology, then it won't the the conversation won't always be so centered around like, oh, Bitcoin went up $500 in two weeks. Mur, mur, mur. The conversation will actually be centered around, did you see this amazing project that they built using blockchain technology and how it communicates with the Ethereum network to progress such and such and do this and that. That Those are the conversations that I'm looking forward to that I could, I hope are just around the corner. So. Well, humans are going to human. They're, they're, we're still, I, I'm, I'm hopeful for a few reasons. And one of those, consensus. Consensus is one of those things. And, and I think, you know, the, the, what, what Bitcoin specifically is going through right now and and for those i think that that may not be up up to speed on on what that is i mean quorum versus consensus you know quorum is just majority 
rules, right? 51% or more, but consensus is everyone has to agree. And I think some people confuse those terms. You know, some people use the term, well, hey, we have a majority, so we got consensus. No, consensus is everybody agrees. Mm-hmm. And um, so <laughs> the, this, this whole thing the, about the hard fork, the user-activated soft fork, and some of the terms, when you start digging into what happened on August 1st, what's going to be happening in November with Bitcoin, when you talk about uh, hard forks, uh, BIP-148, BIP-91, SegWit, SegWit2x, and you start reading into not just the technical terms, but look at the political pieces, the New York Agreement, what uh, Jihan did uh, and has been doing, what's happening with Bitcoin Cash, you separate the politics out of that. And you actually look at what we're learning as humans with consensus. I think that consensus is teaching us some very critical lessons. Of It's teaching us the consequences of a lack of compromise. And it's teaching us what happens if we don't understand the concept of small wins both sides. If we don't do true compromise, which is let's figure out what, a, what small pieces we can do together that advance both sides, look what happens. We get two Bitcoins and there's chaos. And it's the same thing that happens with our political system in the U.S. The, the, the Reds win for a while and push everything one way and half the country is, is happy and half the country is upset. And then the Blues win for a while and the other half is up happy and the other half is upset. Meaning nobody's happy, pretty much. There's no real compromise. And the, the, the swaying of the country of all the way to one side and then all the way to the other side the the bills that get passed through and so on and so forth, where it's the same thing that's happening with the Bitcoin um, pieces is there's such a power struggle. I, I think this might actually get people to understand that, you know what, if you found one little thing that you could both agree on and implemented that, you would advance. Yes, it will be one little thing and neither side would get everything they wanted. But that's, I think the point you can get consensus on the one little thing. And I think as humans, we would, we would be better as humans if we find a way to get those small wins that advance both sides. Yep. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think we're learning some really tough lessons about open source, especially international open source projects and how difficult it is to get advancements in them when everybody has an opinion and there definitely is no chief and everyone's an Indian. It's a real tough, it's a real tough way to get advancements and things. But I also want to give you a heads up. Um, if you think the scaling debate was difficult, wait until we start talking about fungibility and then start talking about where we move the decimal to. It's going to be <laughs> some fun times. Um, so, well, we got to wrap it up, man. We've been talking for a while. We could probably talk forever. That's kind of like... 
We could. And when we have a beer in February, yeah, we'll probably talk a while. At the Super I Conference. Think so. Corey's going to be giving a talk, and he's going to invite me on stage as his hype man. So. Oh, awesome! That is cool. <laughs> well, I still, I still have, um, I still have one more um, question before we we do wrap it up, if you don't mind. No problem. Um, in ten words or less, can you describe the Bitcoin podcast? Can I describe the Bitcoin podcast? Yes. In ten words or less. Oh, you flipped the script on me. I would say a show. A show designed to stimulate and stoke effective mass adoption. Oh, that is perfect. Okay, so you didn't bring up profanity at all. So I got to I got. <laughs> I thought can the I, whole point of you bringing up. I got. I thought the whole point of you bringing me on the show is that I was the profanity guy. So thank you, I guess. Um, uh, yeah. So audience, <laughs> if you're listening to this show, um, Wayne is the listener that wrote in to specifically ask us to curse less because we would get more adoption because people with kids would want to listen to the show more. <laughs> and so we've been on this soft campaign to curse less ever since. And so if you need to put, whenever I say Wayne on the flagship show, you know what the voice sounds like now. <laughs> <laughs> so so you you did say adoption so that's good uh so that that is that is good you would spot on and i think it was nine so i think it did nine nine or ten words so so did you already have that ready are you no. were you waiting for one of your guests to to flip that on you no i've never no one never had anyone flip that on me i've never prepared for it i just believe in what cello and Corey and i do so it's kind of easy for me to answer that I guess you don't do a podcast for almost, what, two and a half years without having to believe in it, I guess. so. Well, that is that is good. You did a good job there. Thank you, Wayne. Uh, can you do me a favor? Yes, sir. Can you say, play the outro? Play the outro. 